Welcome to the Dare to Care podcast, brought to you by HR Culture. And now here's your host, Susan Judd. Welcome everyone. I'm Susan Judd and this is the Dare to Care podcast. And welcome to season two. This season, I'll be interviewing women in leadership and gaining their perspectives on their experiences in the workplace and what they believe are the key skills for success that will assist our Generation Zs, our young people currently in high school and entering the workforce to help them transition and bring value to the workplaces that they join. For many years, I've worked with employers and leaders in business to enhance and amplify their leadership skills, to build more effective and productive workplaces through improved communication, human connection and courage. During this time, it became apparent that we needed to really invest in helping our youth, our current generation Z, to better transition from school to work by developing their work readiness skills to really provide them with the opportunity to reach their potential, including an area I am very passionate about, emotional intelligence. Why? Because emotional intelligence is all about how we effectively and intelligently interpret our negative emotions, feelings like stress, frustration, disappointment, and so on, to to enhance how we make decisions, how we behave, and how ultimately we perform. Leadership is not only about the strategic, tactical and operational aspects of planning, organising and managing, but so much of leadership is about how we make people feel, our team, our colleagues and our customers, and how that inspires and influences those people to in turn be more considered and courageous in their own behaviour, decision making and performance. And this is the ultimate purpose of my podcast, Dare to Care, to provide information, advice and perspective on how we can all work towards a future that is enhanced through emotional intelligence and for employers creating environments that encourage and help our younger workers reach their potential under your guidance and perhaps provide some important and broad insights for our younger workers to assist them to navigate the workplace with communication, courage and care. So, just like season one, I will be asking our guests the same five questions. However, this time I've tweaked them a little bit to draw out the best of what our ladies in leadership have to offer us. We will be asking our female guests in each episode this season about the challenges they've experienced in the workplace, their most memorable moments from the workplace, what they've learned about employer expectations at work and how they've managed them and what they see as the critical skills that are needed for the future of work. And finally, what is their best advice for other young women entering the workplace? So I am very pleased to have with me today an inspirational and dynamic leader that I'm blessed to call my friend as well, Stacey Morgan. Stace is a passionate entrepreneur and small business consultant from Australia. She has a lot going on. She's the principal of Port Macquarie Performing Arts, a dance school on the mid-north coast of New South Wales. She's also the director of Morgan Media, a global podcast production company. And I want to say a big shout out to Stace for producing our Dare to Care podcast that focuses on, and so her production, podcast production, focuses on podcasts related to small business and also the arts and to raising a family. She's also a really sought after speaker, facilitator and business consultant offering online business consulting small businesses around the world. 
And really exciting is this year she's a finalist in the Telstra Business Women's Awards for 2020. Stacey is using her knowledge from her successful six-figure businesses to coach and consult with women business owners juggling their own businesses whilst also raising a family. Her studio, Port Macquarie Performing Arts, has consistently won for the past eight years at the Greater Port Macquarie Business Awards, taking home awards such as the Excellence in Innovation Award, Excellence in Work Health and Safety Award and Excellence in Technology Award. From 2015 to 2017, Stacey won the Young Entrepreneur of the Year, three years running. In the past two years, Stacey has taken home the Outstanding Business Leader two years in a row, making it to the state final for New South Wales in 2018. She also won Outstanding Women in Business in 2019. So awards galore. Stacey is the co-host as well of Miss Bossy Boots podcast, which is a podcast that it's all about keeping it real for women in business. And it's available for immediate download on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. So I encourage you to do that as well. Internationally, she produces and hosts Regold's Dance Life podcast, which has over 30,000 downloads. Both of these shows, Miss Bossy Boots and Regold's Dance Life and now Dare to Care podcast, uh, along with a range of others, form part of the Morgan Media Network. So without further ado, I'd like to extend a very warm welcome to Stacey Morgan for joining us on today's episode. So hi, Stace, and welcome to the show. Hi, Susan. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. This is going to be so much fun. Um, can you, just before we start asking you five questions, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? I'm a mum of three and I grew up in Warhope, which is near where I live now. I live in Port Macquarie. I run my own dancing school and dance has pretty much been a part of my life since I was seven. I got dragged along to a dance class by my next door neighbour and she, I think, quit after four or five weeks and I just have never stopped ever since. So dancing is my first love. My husband Heath comes in second, he knows that, and, <laughs> and my beautiful three children. I've got Lucinda who's seven and Patrick who's four and Henry who's two. Lovely. So you've got your hands full. Uh, in, your, in your introduction, in, I, I told our listeners about all of the balls you've got in the air, right? So there's lots of balls you've got in the air and I thought it was really cool that you agreed to come and have a chat with me um, about your experiences of leadership as a woman. So um, hence, uh, and you've got so much to offer, you've got so many balls in the air apart from being a wife and a mum of three young kids yeah um you've also got you know a business and you know multiple businesses and um multiple uh websites by the way we'll get you to share those at the end uh and um you know multiple things going on so i think it's 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 a bit of a snapshot of the rest of us really so um, well add to that the fact that i've just moved house (laughs) and my life is complete chaos yes (laughs) So I think it's interesting and to laugh at as well that, you know, you did struggle to find a few things when we first started 
when we first jumped on this call, right? You know when you move house and you go, I'll put this useful thing here in this useful box that I won't lose because I'll know where the useful things are kept and then you get into the house and you cannot find any of those useful boxes? Yeah. That's my life currently. That's you. <laughs> but okay. the business keeps rolling on and the, you know, the kids still need to be fed and clothed and all of those things. So, you know, what, what choice do we have? We just yeah. pick up and keep moving. Uh, that's right. So I think we should. I'm really excited because you're our first episode for our season two, which um, is all about women in leadership and their perspectives of um, the workplace and what's happening uh, and their best advice for young, some young, uh, young women coming up into our workplace. So without further ado, I'm going to ask you your first question, which is, um, Stace, please share with us some of the challenges that you've experienced in the workplace. I wanted to kind of talk about this in terms of challenges as a an employee and then challenges as an employer because I've worn both hats and in the early days the things that I learned from the leaders that I had around me are things that I now try to put into place whether that be things that I saw that you know weren't great that I try now not to do as well as things that, you know, I, I really enjoyed working for that person. And so what, what kind of traits and, and personality things that did they do that made me feel really comfortable that I can then bring to leading my staff and my students and our dance families. So in terms of challenges, the, the biggest thing for me is I've had employers in the past that you didn't know who you were going in to see when you would go into their office. And I found that really really confronting having people whose personality would change on the day people who you had to read you would would go you know to one person's desk and the other person's desk how are they feeling today you know is it a red day or a blue day like is it green Mm. should I go ahead or should I not um and then there were other leaders who who led me in a way that their door was always open. I could always come to them with anything, any challenge that I was feeling, any question that I had. And I started my career as a school teacher after I finished dancing professionally. And the principals that I had or deputy principals that I had that were always really open to those vulnerable questions. So if you, I wasn't sure about something, having leaders there that I could step up to and go, you know what, I, I really don't understand how to relate to this child or I really don't understand how to work this assessment, that were really open to helping me through those challenges um, as opposed to the people who I couldn't, I couldn't go into their office unless I knew they were having a really good day or unless I wore the appropriate outfit um, those things in my past, I now try and bring into my leadership. So I try and have that open door policy that you can call me anytime that any, like there's no topics that are, that are off the table, that if you are having a challenge, I'm here to help you. I try and work all of our, um, our conversations that we have that are based around performance. I try to work them into a way that, that I get across the message that I'm here to help you do your job the very best way you can. And so how can I help you? So in saying that, whilst they're the things that uh, I'm looking to do and looking to be better at as a leader, they also bring with them their own challenges because once I grew my own business 
and I did have staff that were reporting to me and I did have families that I had to keep happy because they were my clients. And then there's the personalities of our students as well that kind of get thrown into the mix. I have two target markets in my business, the parents who pay for the dance lessons, but then also the children that do the dance lessons. I had to put all of those things that I'd learned into, into play and that's been really challenging. How do, like, how do I go into work every day with that open door policy? You can come to me with anything when, you know, there's been days that I've gone into work and I've got milk spilled all over my, my shirt and, you know, sticky hand fingerprints all over my teaching skirt. And it just, my mind's in 15 different places. The biggest challenge is how do I bring all of that learning together and try and use it to really be the best leader I can for all the people in my business and all the people that I lead? Wow. Massive answer <laughs> to my question because <laughs> we've got multiple perspectives even there from the what you learn as some of the challenges that you went through as an employee and then um, how you tried to apply it. And, you know, you know me, Stace, um, I'm in my head while you're talking, I'm thinking these are all emotionally intelligent leadership skills that you're talking about, pulling, you know, this being approachable and all even your challenging experiences from previous workplaces where you never knew, in my head I'm thinking Forrest Gump, you know, life's a box of chocolates, you never know what you're going to get, except for as an employer, you can't be like that. You, you, you know, our goal is to not be like that. Yeah. We need to be predictable. We need to be considered and we need to be consistent with that yeah. approachableness, yeah. yeah, no matter what's going on in our world. And that's such a challenge for me to try and compartmentalise my life in that when I'm at work, being in work mode and when I'm at home, being mum and, and being able to switch between the two and, and have fluidity in that. But also, you know, I can't fly off the handle at the kids because you know, somebody didn't pay their dance fees, but I also can't fly off the handle of the girl who falls out of the double pirouette just because, you know, Lucinda didn't do her homework. So the kids have had a fight, right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. So I think it's, um, you know, those challenges that you have expressed, I think other, other ladies listening will, no matter what their age, will be thinking, I can identify with these things because we've all had, we, maybe if they're not young ladies, but we, we've all had a boss sometime in our past experience that wasn't the most fabulous boss. We weren't sure when they were going to fly off the handle. We weren't sure when that we would know what how they would respond. And, and thankfully, you've been able to take those experiences and really turn them for your own team to do your best to, be more like your ideal leader as opposed to some of those, you know, informing, being informed about, you know, and really considered about what you've experienced and how can I make this better for the, my team. Yeah, I hope so. I hope they're not listening thinking, <laughs> good, good luck. <laughs> but I guess the, you know, try the, and Stace. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or even that feedback, even trying to, you know, get asking for that feedback from them is really valuable, isn't it? That whole yeah. understanding of, well, how do I try really hard, but is that working for you? And that's, you know, until we talk about it like this, it's not something that I think any of them would know is in, as at the forefront of my mind. Mm. They, that's not something I've communicated to them. Hi, everybody. This week, I'm trying really hard to do this. It's just, you know, that's, it's informed so much of my 
leadership and it's what I think about all the time. So, I, yeah, I should solicit some feedback on you that. Should from time to time, you should from time to time say to them, hey, I'm really working on this, t- this, this week. Am I doing okay or am I doing lousy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is it working for you? Anyway, fabulous answer. Okay, so let's go to our second question, which is, I love this one, what is your most memorable moment from the workplace? I'm lucky. I have plenty of memorable moments. I work with kids, so there's just so many. I, I guess it's, for me, it's not necessarily a moment because I'm a leader to so many different people and I talk about that with my staff and I also talk about it with my students. I often get to see a journey. So I get to see the child who comes in who, you know, is still wearing a nappy and can't really, you know, put one foot in front of the other and I get to see them grow and skip for the first time and then be able to take on challenges and do routines and get on stage for the first time and then, you know, grow into a, a an incredible young person that then is a role model for others and then goes on to graduate and, you know, goes into the world feeling confident about the person that they are. Like that for me, following that journey is, is my most memorable moment. And I have several students that just, you know, I light up when I think about them because I've been able to see them come along that journey. I've got one student who used to fight me on everything that I said. I would say, you're going to do two pirouettes. And she'd say, no, I'm going to do one. I would say, you're going for this audition. She'd say, fine, I will, but I'm not happy about it. She would fight me on everything. And I used to say to her along, along the journey, you'll thank me one day, you'll write a book. You will write a book that will be called All the Times Miss Stacy Was Right. And I used to say this facetiously to her and she would roll her eyes at me as a teenage girl does and, you know, kind of um, go off and do whatever that I said she had to do. She was always respectful about it. And lo and behold, the things that I did counsel her on along the way turned out. She did go on to have a very successful career. She is a beautiful person. She got incredible parents that, you know, did an amazing job with her. And on her graduation day, she gave me the book that she had written called The Times Miss Stacey Was Right. And I just burst into tears because it was never something literal for me. I was never like, you better write me that book. But I said it so many times that she said, you know, that's something that I'm going to do. And then at graduation, she gave it to me. And so I had that on my bedside. And it it reminds me that the the steps are small, but the journey is long. And so for me, in my workplace, I get to see that journey from kids so many times. Like I get to see it every day or I get to see tiny steps in it and that's super rewarding. But as a leader, in addition to that, I now have been leading my team for so long that I get to see those moments with my team members as well. We had a staff meeting this morning and one of my staff members who used to be very, um, how should I word this? She used to find anything other than the actual teaching of the actual dance step to the actual child, just an, just an add-on that she wasn't really interested in. Wasn't interested in the staff meeting, really wasn't interested in the, you know, going to the, the fundraising barbecue, going to, you know what I mean, none of the yeah. extra stuff. Yeah. And she relayed a story to the rest of the staff today in the staff meeting about something that she had done that was super extra. Like this was like above and beyond her job description. And she shared it with the group as a, hey, guys, I've been doing this. I think you should do this as well in a role modelling sense. 
And I nearly fell down. I was like, yes, this is awesome. Initiative, you know, passion, engagement, all of that great stuff that you want to see in your employees as a leader. She's, something's clicked for her. And so her journey from, from where she started to where she is now, that's another example of something that's, you know, so rewarding for me to get to see. So it's, it's not a particular moment, moment, even though I did have a moment this morning in the staff meeting and, you know, I did have a moment, at, you know, when Larissa graduated, but it's just I'm very lucky that my job enables me to have many memorable moments as I go along the way. Right. Okay. So awesome um, kind of wrap-up of that um, question, you know, you've got two, you've got, you've kind of mapped out two things, but, you know, this from stu- a student perspective and also a team perspective of the team you lead um, and it just more being not a moment in time but the experience of the development of people and the, some of the light bulb moments we see them have. Yeah. When they, yeah. oh, so good. so cool, so cool, very yeah. cool, so rewarding, and just you just like, oh, this is you know I live for these moments. Okay, awesome. So you, you, let's move on to your third question. Um, I want to know what you've learned about employer expectations at work, and and I think it's interesting from your perspective because you've been an employee, but you're also an employer. Um, so what have you learned about employer expectations at work, and and from your perspective, how you manage them? I'm not the best manager, Susan. I, I love leadership and I love the, the word leadership like that. <laughs> I love everything about being a leader. Being a manager is where I've really tried to, to do the hard yards and to do some self-improvement because I am more than happy to set the vision for the company. I'm more than happy to say, this is where we're going, follow me. And then how they get there, I don't care. I'm just like, just hurry up, like, come along, here we go, come with me. Do you sometimes feel like you look over your shoulder and they're they're like three heels back? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, come on. With my my children walking to the beach or with my team, like, it's like, come on. I move at that pace. And so what I've had to learn about, um, you know, being a leader and being in a management role is that, Everybody needs information in different ways and everybody needs expectations set in different ways. And then everyone needs follow-up of those expectations and reminder of those expectations along the way. And I hate that stuff, but I've had to become better at it because it's not enough just to say, this is the direction we're going and here's, and you know, let's go. It's how are we going to get there? How can I help you get there? How can we baby step this out so that you can feel like you're getting a sense of achievement in moving in the direction that you're going? How can I make sure that I'm supporting you in that journey and in where we're going? And how can I make sure that I'm communicating effectively all the time and not just leaving all of the information and the nitty gritty in my head and hoping that my entire team can read my mind? Because that's, you know, that is, that's a tough one. So I, I think it's important that well, what I've learned is that along the way, being able to say, okay, this is where we're going and we're going in this direction, giving them buy-in and saying, how, how do you think we should get there? What will work best for you in order to get from point A to point B? If we're trying to get to point B, what do you see are going to be some of the challenges along the way that I haven't thought of? Because a lot of my team will 
immediately play devil's advocate, which I used to get real, I get my back up about, I get really offensive, like, come on, I've got this great idea. Why don't you want to do it with me? Come on. When actually they're, they're looking out for the best interest of the company and the best interest of the idea, they do want to be able to make it happen, but they want to make sure that they've crossed all the T's and dotted all the I's before they leave base camp to go. Whereas I'm already gone. I'm already over the hill. So for me, it's about making sure that, um, that communication is clear and consistent. It's not just enough to tell them where we're going and then stop communicating, communicating every step of the way, making sure that the, the expectations of what will, what this will require for my employees. So we're going from point A to point B, and this is what I need you to do. This is how you're going to help. This is the important part you're going to play in getting us from here to there. And then reiterating that, especially on the tough days and during the tough meetings when everyone's feeling a bit tired or a bit cranky or they've had a bad day or stuff's going on in their own world. How do I keep communicating and keep that support and keep all of that going so that the expectations match where we end up together at the end? So as I said, I'm not a really, that's not my area of expertise, but it is something that I'm working hard on all the time and that I don't enjoy, but um, that I'm becoming, that I'm troubleshooting more easily. I'm having less moments where I'm going, what, what have I done now? Why, why are they so offended? What? I'm just trying to do something cool. I used to think that all the time in the beginning and I would be like, well, well, you gave them no information. So I'm, I'm managing my own expectations a little bit better and then hopefully also managing the team a little bit better and we're getting you know what that leads to is more satisfaction from my employees more willingness to do the crazy things that I say and them feeling more valued as part of the process awesome so you've actually just mapped out the skill of behavioral agility have I and to yeah because you know in uh to for our listeners you know this ability in leadership to um change for the needs of other people, you know, and you've got some people in your team who probably come along with you easily and others that need more detail. Yeah. And what you're really doing is, you've, you know, over time you've learned to break that down and step out of your own comfort zone, which is the, you know. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> let's go. And everybody just come with me, um, you know, is, you know, help them have, help them address some of their concerns by tailoring the way you do it for according to what each person needs. So I don't do it right all the time. And, but also in communicating it more, they're also more willing to point out to me, Hey, we're going in this direction and we haven't brought any water. Like whatever the thing is that I'm completely missing. And that is a complete blind spot for me in the beginning. They would be too, (sighs) she's so excited about going this way. I will just go along. Now they're more willing to go, Hey, hang on. This needs to happen. And this needs to happen. And that needs to happen. And, and most of the time they say, and I'm willing to do those things to help us get in this direction. So yeah, we're getting so it's there. actually in, in, so it's actually enhancing communication as well. Like you're building, like it's becoming more seamless so that they're okay to say, hang on, hold the bus. Yeah. Can we just nut out this bit here? So I have comfort. Yes. Yeah, awesome stuff. Okay, fabulous. Okay, so uh, let's ask you your next question. What oh, do you sorry, see- Susan. It's just giving me one little thought. Oh, okay. In what you just said, when you said, can we just nut out that little part here? 
What I've also learned about myself is that I'm not good at nutting out that little part, but there are people on my team who love nutting out that little part and giving them the autonomy to do that and teach that to the group so that we're all on the same page has been so valuable for me because if it was up to me, it would go to the bottom of my to-do list and then the whole project gets halted because I've got a roadblock. Yeah. So as a manager, being being able to listen to that feedback, hey, we just need to do this little thing here before we move forward and me being able to say, great, can you and you and you work on that for the team and then we go in that direction because if they had to wait for me to do it, everything stops. Yeah, right. So that even makes me think um, that it's you're being more aware of the skills that you don't have you know, and not being a f- and, and, and just letting them do it because they're good at it, yeah. right? So this yeah. whole recognition as a team, we work better together. If I do what I do well and I let you do what you do well, actually it's a really cool team Yeah, and, and we get a better outcome. 100%. Oh, happy days. Awesome. Okay. Um, okay, let's go to question four. What do you see as the critical skills that we need to be building for the future of the workplace? What do you think some of the critical skills I think, I think there's, how do I say this without offending people? (laughs) It's, we, we seem to be in a, um, we seem to be quite divided at the moment. This is, you know, it's my way or the highway. It's kind of, this is where we're going. And this is, this is the way we've always done things. And this is how we're going to do them. And I'm, I talk about that broadly in terms of, politics but as well on a smaller scale in terms of our own ability to to change and to be flexible so for me those critical skills are all based around um being able to be flexible in the workplace so that we it used to be that you you had one skill that's what you brought you were the person that did that thing whereas i feel like we're moving more and more towards an environment where it's valuable for you to have many different skills in different areas and also not just and I'm not talking about being a jack of all trades but I'm talking about knowing what your strengths are and being able to hone in on those strengths and to build on those strengths so that you have the ability to to give back in several different ways based on what you're good at and what you like doing so that Together, companies and, and businesses can can use the strengths of each of the employees to kind of grow stronger together um, rather than it just kind of being really, really focused. I mean, we've, we've learned from just this whole COVID experience that being able to pivot, being agile in your business is super important because those businesses who have just in this in this crisis just said, well, actually, no, all we do is bricks and mortar or all we do is you know, deliver this one thing. Some of those businesses haven't survived and some of those businesses don't exist anymore because mm. there's, there hasn't been that flexibility around, around what we do. So I think in terms of critical skills, you have to be able to open your mind and think broadly about not just what you can deliver to your organisation but what your organisation can deliver to the greater community. That's really interesting because I think that's going to really talk to our Gen Z listeners who are so focused on the broader community 
and yeah. the broader um, society and that sort of that how they can make a difference to society and the community, not just the ones they live in, but across the globe. Yeah. Um, in, in all sorts of ways. So that's going to really talk to, to them. And it's about knowing what, what you're good at and why you're good at those things, like why your personality lends yourself to those areas of work and being able to really tap into that. I think for the first five years of my business, I wore all the hats and did all mm. of the jobs because I thought that I had to. Not yeah. once did I turn around and think about my role and the, the things associated with my role and go, actually, I am terrible at maths, so why am I doing my bass? Like, why, like, why, am I, why do I put counting on the top of my list? That's something I need to outsource. And it took me having a baby to actually be brave enough to start outsourcing so many things because I, it, it, was, it was almost like Lucinda was an excuse. She's having a baby, so, you know, she's not doing this part of the job anymore. I wish that I had actually started my ballet school and thought, okay, what am I good at? I'm good at teaching ballet. I'm also good at, you know, and focusing on those things and bringing in support to do all of the other things rather than just trying to do everything. Trying to do everything. I hear you. Yeah. I've done the same thing and it wasn't until, you know, that same, that, you know, that same um, journey in my headspace where I went, I hate doing figures. Yeah. I hate doing Bazard. What the hell? So getting myself outsourcing that, you know, outsourcing some of the things that I know I'm not good at. So as leaders, it, it's you know, we, it's really important and you're, what you're highlighting is this understanding of your strengths and limitations and not being afraid to that if you have to, that, you know, you can't do it all. Yeah. That, yeah, yelling out for, hey, I'm not good at this. I don't enjoy it. I'm not good at it. It sits at the bottom of my pile, even though it probably needs to sit at the top. Yeah. Help. Yeah. Because yeah. then once you're doing things that you're good at, you're more willing to be flexible in, in what the company can then, then evolve to. If I was still doing my best and thinking about, you know, payroll, there's no way that I would be able to be thinking about online classes and thinking about, you know, you know, taking the kids on an American tour and, you know, going to the Australian Dance Festival, all of that stuff that I'm actually good at being creative in if my head if I was buried in the stuff I'm not that great at I'd, I'd so went to a conference once and Misty Lowen spoke and she's kind of like a, a guru in in terms of dance studio land and she said I'm terrible at playing the piano I'm a two out of ten I could practice all day and all night and I'd you know I'd probably be a five but you know there's other skills that I'm good at that I'm about an eight and I reckon I could get from an eight to a nine if I put that time and attention into that thing. And wouldn't you rather be a nine in that skill than still a five <laughs> out yeah. of ten in playing the piano? And that's always stuck with me. And I often think, is this a piano thing for me? Am I just playing it because I think that I should? Or should somebody else be playing the piano whilst I'm teaching the ballet class? Love it. Love it. It's, really, it's, it's highlighting that um, getting people to work in their strengths. It's a strengths-based approach. Yeah. So what can we... What can we you know, what can we massage and refine that's already a strength and do that really well yeah. and help people fly um, and get other people working in their strengths area as well. Love it. Excellent. So, Stace, what's your best advice for young women who are entering the workplace? My best advice is the more 
you grow as a person, the more personal development you do and the more work you do on yourself, the better you will do in the workplace. The more success you will have in your career, the more you know your business will flourish, the more you will have freedom if you go back and look inside yourself and work on yourself. The things that I've learned in business and the big lessons and big challenges I've had in business have been have all come back mm. to work that I could have done on myself earlier. And if I'd got that sorted, then this wouldn't be such a drama. And that's, you know, based around my self-worth and, and feeling like I am, you know, in a position that I'm in and, and I'm worthy of that position. And that all comes from being able to, you know, look at yourself and look at your strengths, like we talked about, and look at the things, you know, in your life and you read books and go to conferences and all that stuff so that you can, you can build on the skills that you have and build on yourself as a person. And then that will reflect out into the success that you have in the workplace. Awesome. So snapshot, if it is, uh, and I, when you're talking, I'm thinking in my head, this, um, this quote came into my head I have no idea who said it, but it says, if it is to be, it's up to me. Yep. So it's, it's kind of like that, isn't it? It's like, yep. okay, I've got to invest in my, I've got to put energy and invest time and energy into developing myself and being the best possible version of me. Yep. Yeah. And you can't go into a workplace and rely on a leader to be able to teach you all the things that you need to know to succeed in that role. You can't start your own business and just hope that the people will come and you will learn along the way. I mean, that happens, but you need to be able to work on yourself and improve yourself so that everything improves around you as you go. Mm. I mean, it's really interesting because um, in some of our previous podcasts, we've had guests talking about um, Generation Zs and their desire, you know, young people coming up into our workplace and their desire and need and expectation for professional development from their employee, like from the business, and it's often something in recruitment that employers will advertise um, that to you know to try and attract the right people is that they offer um, professional development, and then our Gen Zs are getting dis disenchanted because nothing ever happens right yeah. so and so i think that you know there's a happy there's a happy balance there but you know i guess it's important for gen z's to get some professional development particularly if it's promised as an attractive um attractive part of their employment but um so to for employees to keep their word but to also understand that actually i've got to drive my own learning and it's got to be lifelong yeah yeah, yeah. so don't just rely on your employer to continually offer up PD, you've got to jump in with both feet because um, you'll become, A, a better person, you'll become a better employee um, and you'll be able to demonstrate new skills to, that are of value to your employer. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be that you're forking out a heap of money to go to a big conference. It can be that, you, you know, you've got a membership at the library and you get audio books and so you can mm. listen to books while you're doing the dishes at night or you're, you know, borrowing books from the library and reading them. You're listening to podcasts. There's lots of information out there that can help enhance you and the leader that you're going to become, mm. but you've got to be able to reach out. You've got to be able to make good habits. You've got to yeah. be able to, you know, 
get out of bed early and and do that little bit of extra um, PD in the morning and get yourself moving and all of those great things because they they are all building blocks that will help you succeed as as you move through your career. Mm. It's fabulous. It's because there's just there's just so much opportunity for our young women coming in to the workplace to learn and grow. There's so much free information. Oh, yeah. um, there, I mean, as you say, there's podcasts, there's books, there's, there's you know, online free webinars and masterclasses that, you know, you, there's so much you can do to accumulate knowledge and understanding. Um, and so the world's their oyster, really. It, I mean, it's a great time to be young, by the way. Absolutely. I say that to the kids in my dance class all the time. Do you realise that if I wanted to see the Australian Ballet, I had to go down to the library and borrow the VHS? And they were like, huh? Yeah, and wait till somebody else had finished with it. Like somebody else in my dance class normally had it for the weekend when I wanted it, but I would borrow it and I would take it home and I would have to rewind it at the end. I'm like you guys can just get on YouTube anytime you want and see any variation from any ballet company. Like it's unbelievable. It's a, yeah, I agree. It's a great time to be young, to be um, young and and absorbing everything like a sponge. So it's really about, again, I go back to what I just, that quote, I no clue if anybody's listening and knows, pop it on our Facebook page. If it is to be, it's up to me. I'm not sure who it was, but I love it because it's yep. like, okay, you own it. It's your life. Go live it. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So that's our five questions, Stace. That was fun. It's fun, right? It's interesting <laughs> subjects. Okay. So Stace, um, I want to say thank you for spending time with us today and sharing um, your workplace experiences and your journey as a leader. Um, you've provided us with some um, amazing insights for women in leadership and even men leading women yes. um, in the workplace and interacting with women at work. Um, just even when you, you know, you were introducing yourself and talking about, you know, I'm this and I'm that and I'm this and I'm that, you know, there's a lot going on. And so um, we try to do, we try to kind of juggle so many things, all of us. I know we're all trying to juggle so much. Um, so being kind to ourselves is really important. I think you've all, some of what you shared has also been really important for our young women who are entering the workplace um, to, to take on some of your and understand some of your advice and some of your journey so that they can kind of get some additional information and perspective from somebody who is um, leading leading a team but also you know it's not just about leadership some of what you were sharing it was about being an employee and um and you know just being a great person so you know if we can better we can get along with people um the, the smoother that transition through the workplace as well so really important sure. I, per I personally have said it a number of times and i've just said it you know a couple of minutes ago um, I'm really inspired and excited by our younger generation. I think it's a great time to be young, but I also think that they bring an adaptability. You were talking about flexibility and adaptability, and I think they bring this adaptability that for Gen Xs in particular and, and baby boomers, we, we can really learn from their adaptability. They can just, they just, they just flex, right? Yeah. They flex and weave and, oh, here's another change. Oh, let's do this over here now. So we can really learn from that. Um, their desire to, to do good in the world, you know, that we can, we can really harness that um, and to build exciting, exciting futures for themselves, which is I, as a Gen X, would never have considered when I was their age yes. some of the things that they are trying to do. 
Um, so I'd like to extend my grateful thanks to you, Stace, for taking the time out to speak with us and to be my guest on our Dare to Care podcast. Um, whether you're a young woman who has already entered the workplace um, or are preparing to do so or as an employer of women or even as a parent of a young woman, we can be excited and look forward to what the future holds. And I think an important takeaway for me is to make sure I'm positive um, about the future and what it holds because our young women um, will buy into that, which is kind of what you've been presenting in your in your answers to our questions. So if you'd like more information about Stacey Morgan, mm -hmm. uh, Port Macquarie Performing Arts, Simply Stacey Morgan, uh, Morgan Media Group, um, Miss Bossy Boots Podcast, uh, what have I missed, Stace? <laughs> well, they... that's, that's, that sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> how do they... My home address, that's pretty much every place <laughs> that people can find me. How do, they, how do they find you? What's the best way to contact you? Well, I've got a brand new um, website, which is simply stacymorgan.com. And that is, that houses, that is the home of many of my podcasts, but also is where you need to go for, um, I'm starting blogs, Susan. I've never been a blog writer because I do podcasts, I talk, but I'm starting to write some stuff down. So I've got a little blog going. I've got a newsletter as well. And um, I'm starting to do a little bit of coaching and consulting in, in terms of business and leadership. So I'm really excited about that kind of new project because I needed something else to do. So oh, yeah. <laughs> and like you, uh, you know, and on top of that, apart from being a mother and a wife, oh, we've moved house. Yes, so, just, just that so little thing. Add something else in there. Drop it. That drop that in there. Oh, exactly. it's so amazing at how we just keep adding stuff into our, adding another ball to chuck up in the air. Absolutely. Love it. And one of the other balls I have is, of course, Morgan Media, which is produces the Dare to Care podcast. So I would Yay. be remiss if I didn't remind everybody to please leave a rating or review on iTunes or on Apple Podcasts and make sure you like us on Spotify so that we can get our numbers up. Um, and if you enjoy this podcast, then you will definitely enjoy Miss Bossy Boots um, and We'll give a plug for Jane's podcast as well, Absolutely. the How to Do Marketing podcast, which is um, Morgan Media's latest latest podcast release. So, yeah, there's plenty of information out there if people want to, to grow and improve on all of the skills that they have and their strengths. Excellent. So uh, thank you, Stacey, for that summary. <laughs> <laughs> if, uh, to, and so, yes, uh, just like Stacey said, if you've enjoyed today's episode, please... Um, give us a five-star review or leave us a comment. And um, as of this uh, this week, we've also got a podcast, Dare to Care podcast Facebook page. So um, if you're looking for that, it's just at Dare to Care with the number two, Dare to Care podcast, on uh, which is our um, how you find us on Facebook. And please leave a message there uh, or private messages. Um, we truly love and appreciate your feedback. So... Thank you for listening. I'm Susan Judd. And until our next episode, how are you going to dare to care? Thank you for listening to the Dare to Care podcast. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or find out more about HR culture and dare to care by going to hrculture.com.au. You've been listening to another Morgan Media production. 